just be free and like listen to what you want to listen to and not be boxed into like, well, I only like, you know, this specific math rock shoegaze and I if I don't want anything else. Welcome back to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. And today is Aaron's chance uh, to chat with Brian of the band Belmont. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Belmont is one of those bands that when I first heard them, I was absolutely blown away. Doing something incredibly unique, their own sound in the uh, world of pop punk. And they've continued to expand and perfect that sound over the course of their full-length debut, full-length. And they got a new album out now. Uh, They've continued to grow and make that sound even better. And what I love about this interview is Aaron had the opportunity to chat with Brian about obviously some of the influences that they're bringing into the band because they come from everywhere, really. Uh, and then also some of their, uh, some of his favorite Belmont songs. And what I love is that Brian is the drummer. Got to get that drummer some, you know? It's not very often we get drummers on the show. Uh, so that's one thing you definitely get to look forward to in this conversation uh, is kind of that different perspective on what making music looks like in the band when you're the guy behind the kit or the person behind the kit. So uh, that's coming up in just a few moments. But first, before we get into that, let's do some housekeeping. Of course, go follow us on our social media at Growing Punk Pod. You'll find that on Instagram and Twitter and the links to our personal Instagram and Twitters are there as well. So go follow us. It's a good time. I don't know. <laughs> why, why are people on social media, right? Except to follow each other. Keep up with what's going on. Uh, you can also join our Patreon for just two bucks a month. You get early access to episodes. Uh, you also get some bonus episodes going forward, stuff like that, for just two bucks a month. You can also grab some merch. The link to our t-shirts and coffee mugs and all that good stuff is uh, in our bio on our social medias as well. And of course, share the podcast. If you don't want to, you know, financially support us in any way that's cool just spread the word of the podcast that's what we're here for is to talk about music so if you got friends who are fans of belmont or you think maybe i mean maybe you're just discovering belmont for the first time right now whatever the case may be when this episode is done or right now share it with a friend just let them know hey check this out i think you'll like this but without wasting any more time let's get into it this is uh, aaron and brian and their conversation, Discovering Belmont. about some influences i like starting with this because it gives insight kind of into where a band or a musician has come from and you know kind of how that has you know, obviously influenced their sound in, in some way or another and especially with a band like belmont where there's clearly a lot of different influences in there and a lot going on and so i, I love to to kind of talk about some of the albums that have helped shape you as a musician. So uh, the first one you picked is Slipknot's self-titled album from 1999. I'm very wrong. I am to love 
Why has this album impacted you or influenced your, your style of writing or music? So, um, basically Slipknot was, uh, one of like the first bands I've ever discovered. Like the first like heavier band was Metallica. I was super young, like five or six years old, but, uh, my brother actually showed me Slipknot and, uh, cause he knew I liked basically rock and like metal and stuff like heavy stuff at like a super early age. And he was like in high school, kind of like at the peak of the whole new metal thing going on. So like he, you know, his go-to was like, well, I know this band Slipknot and like Corn and all these other ones. So he just basically showed it to me. And then I, I think I found a self-titled CD, like in a CD collection. And then I just ran, you know, I busted that in. And um, I think his computer, I was just like snooping around his room. But um, anyways, I listened to that album when I was like six or something. And I was completely blown away. I was like, what is going on? This is like super aggressive. Like these dudes are screaming on the top of their lungs. And I was like, it was like the ultimate adrenaline rush. And the biggest thing was like, you know, it was like that aggression, that like energy was like super high energy and just a bunch of stuff is going on, like samples and drums and guitars. Like there's just like a a whole thing going on in this band. And uh, the biggest thing was the drums. And um, I was like, these drums are like insane. Like, I just remember being like, Oh my God, I can't believe, you know what I'm hearing right now. And, uh, so that's actually what got me into, I started on like guitar and violin first, but like when I heard that, I, that album, I was like automatically, automatically like, I want to be in a band and I want to start playing drums right now. Like those drums, I was like, I need a drum set like right away. And uh, it was just, you know, the technicalities of it, like the intricate stuff going on, also just being super aggressive and fast and just like, you know, like a freight train of noise, basically. And um, so like for a bunch of years, I was like begging my parents on like multiple Christmases, like, can I please have a drum set? Can I please have a drum set? And then finally, when I think I turned like eight, they were finally like, all right, he like really wants a drum set. So let's just do this, I guess. And, uh, yeah, but that, that album itself is just, you know, super heavy, like dark, like insane. And just the biggest thing for me is just the energy and like adrenaline rush. Like I just got like that roller coaster feeling in my stomach when I heard it. And I was like chasing that ever since. So like my first love is like heavy music. Like I just, when I was a wee boy, I just loved heavy stuff. And I like, I was chasing that adrenaline rush through bands and like, Slipknot was my all-time favorite one, but, like, you know, that later diverged into, like, different stuff as I got older. But, like, that's basically it. That that energy, the aggression, everything about it, and that adrenaline rush is, like, what got me started. And I just think it's uh, an amazing album, and I think it still holds up uh, for me today. Like, it's still, like, I think my favorite album of all time. Yeah, I, I I just had a funny mental picture of this six year old kid just like breaking a violin, listening to Slipknot, and like a parent walking in, be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. So you were yeah, yeah. you were six when you got when you first heard Slipknot? Yes, I was. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, crazy. Like, because even before then, when I was like four, like, so my uh, my dad is a musician as well. He's like a classically trained accordion player, and he like went through like warsaw school of music in poland and so like my family's like super musical and he was he's a musician he's been doing that his whole life so um music has always been there and like you know my parents are very uh i guess you would say liberal about music like they just like it's like something they appreciate all forms of it and i also you know they started me on violin when i was five years old uh, just to like, cause they wanted me to do music right away. And, uh, anyways, though, before that I was already like on radio stations. Like I would, anytime like a rock station would come on, I'd be like, you know, please leave it. Like, please, like, I want to listen to this, whatever it is. And going back to my brother, he's another huge part. Like he, he's kind of like a lover of all music. Like he's not specifically like a metalhead, but he really likes heavy music too. And, uh, he just like took notice to all of this and uh, he was like just giving me albums to listen to. So like another huge one I really love is uh, Life is Peachy by Korn. 
Oh, yeah. And, uh, like Metallica, Slayer, Pantera, like all that stuff. Like I was just like, yes, I want all this. But like at that time, like the new metal stuff was like really what was getting me. And then finally Slipknot was like my breakthrough, basically. Yeah. So, so a guy like your dad considers Slipknot music? Yes, he does. And he <laughs> or at actually, least when you first kind of heard it. <laughs> it it's actually funny that you uh, mentioned that. So, like, I don't know, like, how familiar you are with the band, but, like, you know, they have, like, a bunch of, like, percussion, and they're, like, banging yeah, yeah. kids and shit like that. So, like, anytime, like, and he, I would, like, want to listen to it in the car, for example, and he'd be like, yeah, let's listen to it. And, like, um, you know, he'd just make fun of it being like, look, sounds like they are just going to a hardware store and banging a bunch of pots and pans to me yeah but he he loved it too man he's like he he like understands it and like i basically like forced him to listen to all this heavy music and he appreciates it and like he loves it man he loves the the you know uh technicality of heavy music he likes speed and high energy so like it works out very well yeah that's cool because it, you it could kind of go you know both ways one where it's just like so foreign and so out of context that you know they just can't fathom it being enjoyable or so there's people that just appreciate styles of music whether they're into it or not but you know it's not a, not a big deal for them so that's that's awesome my was was slipknot with me so i grew up in a small town there was like eight thousand people the only cool place to hang out was Seven Eleven. nice <laughs> and uh, so we were always there and uh, you know they'd have their rack of magazines and uh, I'm trying to think of what that magazine was called like maybe something parade was there a magazine called uh Anyways, so when Slipknot first came out, I just remember seeing on the magazine covers and just like kind of just passing it off like, what is this joke? You know, like dressed up as clowns and whatever. And, <laughs> and, uh, so, and I didn't like 1999, I, I probably didn't have the internet yet. And so I didn't have a whole lot of context. Like I was just into skate punk and stuff. And so, um, yeah, like Slip, I mean, I'm a lot more familiar with them now. But uh, yeah, that's that's a really crazy story of like a first kind of introduction to you know modern metal, so so to speak. So yeah, let, let's uh, let's move on to the next one, which is Animals as Leaders: The Joy of Motion from 2014.
kind of continues the heavy aspect, kind of a, a different realm of it with it being, you know, instrumental and a lot more technical. And so why does a band like this uh, influence you? So uh, I guess like um, growing up, like when I, when I was younger, I just I wanted the really heavy stuff and I just wanted like the pure aggression stuff all the way up. But then once I started getting a little older, kind of like preteens being like an early teenager, um, like I got into a lot of just like I liked really technical stuff. I was also getting really into like jazz and like new jazz and like fusion and stuff like that. And I just really like technical instrumental music and I was just getting into proggy stuff in general. And then when this record came out, um, I was just blown away by it. Like it made such a huge impact on me because I was like, you know, I was getting I was already into like all the heavy stuff, but I was also getting really into the proggy technical stuff and just like instrumental music. And like I just thought it was like the perfect combination of like really heavy, really technical, but also super like beautiful a lot of like nice melodies and just like cool, like atmospheric things going on. It was like such a crazy package for me. And like, I really love the mixture of like mixing, like kind of jazz influences and like more kind of poppy influences with this like crazy technical music, like very shreddy guitars. Um, that's another album uh, with another favorite drummer of mine, Matt Garska. Like the drums on that album, I was like, the, the, I want to do stuff like this, basically. It was another moment where I was like, I want to do this. And um, the whole thing was just, it, it just blew me away because there's so many elements to it. And it's so like technical and beautiful, but then it can also like hang itself back and just like let it breathe. Like I just thought it was like a perfect culmination of all of that. And I just, it, it stuck with me really hard. And I was practicing, was trying to do guitar and drum covers of their songs on that album super hard. And uh, I was just, I was immersed in that basically. And that in that time of my life, when it came out, I was like all into that type of stuff. But that album was huge for me. Yeah. Uh, I thought it just really pushed the the boundary of where music can go. It kind of, it inspired me to kind of think like, you know, you can take things really extremely far um, musically. Like there's really no barrier. You can go as far as you want, basically. Yeah. And I, I find with albums like this, especially the instrumental, like it kind of takes a special kind of ear to really appreciate it because I mean, so many people are drawn into music by vocals because often right. that's what's kind of carrying a song or like kind of making it memorable. And so like, I personally can't get super into instrumental albums, like maybe a few songs, um, but yeah, like as a, I, when you say that influenced by the drumming, like when I listen to Belmont, like even now I can hear your songs in my head and just some of the more kind of technical parts that, you know, that work well in your music, but that come from something, you know, a lot more aggressive or maybe even like more technical or whatever. So that's cool. How you can kind of pull things from that and, and put it into a genre that's, you know, not super far from that, but far enough removed. So that's, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. And then kind of going, you know, kind of all the way to the other end with the story so far is what you don't see from 2013.
Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see how an album like this would, would impact uh, you in a band like uh, Belmont. So, yeah, any kind of thoughts on this album or, or memories with it? Yeah, of course. Uh, this is a, a really great record. And kind of going back to a couple of things you were saying earlier. So, for example, like uh, like singing and, and vocals and whatnot. Um, when I was growing up, uh, like in a lot of the music, I, I didn't really like I didn't listen to that. I didn't really care. I was like super just interested in like what's going on musically or instrumentally. And um, especially when I was younger, I hated singing. Like I, I didn't like any singing at all. Like, I don't know what it was with me. I just like. Uh, like no give me that heavy shit i want some screaming i want some like you know ah stuff and like i didn't appreciate that at all and i didn't even listen to it and you know like so that makes sense for me to go into instrumental stuff too because i'm just like very musically driven um but when i was getting older like uh to that age like a little bit older middle school to high school then like i started appreciating it appreciating it and then i appreciating all this other music and like singing in general. Like that's when it really started clicking with me. And um, right before I, uh, before Belmont formed, I actually really hated pop punk a lot. Hmm. I was like anti-pop punk. I was like, I do not like this at all. And like, I, I was, li I listened back in the day, I would listen to like Blink-182 and Sum 41. There's like other bands that my brother showed me. And I was like, it's cool. Like I, I like it. And, you know, I had that nostalgic factor to it, but overall I just didn't like the whole pop punk thing. And, um, then the band got together and they were trying to do, you know, we were trying to do a pop punk thing, but then like a million other things at the same time. And like, then I really got into like the band kind of got me into all of that. And specifically what you don't see by the story so far, I listened to that album. And like, I also really liked like, grunge back then like a, a bunch of like other stuff it, it's kind of complicated but like um it just had like these these layers to it like super catchy and i just loved all the guitars like everything was like beautiful and very like energetic and whatnot and like that kind of just like opened my eyes to this whole world and i was like this can be really good you know and like i got into that then like you know they're showing me other stuff and i was like getting into all of that but like what you don't see was like a huge one for me. Cause I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like super catchy. Like I just love the energy. I really love the riffs and like melodies and harmonies and everything. I just like, I thought it was like a perfect, like pop punk record to me at the time. And uh, you know, that delved into many other different stuff, but that was like uh, one that like really opened my eyes to like a whole area of stuff that I previously wasn't getting into actually. And then yeah. I got into a bunch of pop punk and stuff around that, you know, emo kind of more grunge stuff, like just all of the, the whole umbrella, the alternative umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so cool that you can, you know, take all these different influences and make it into something unique like you guys do. And so that's why I love kind of hearing these different albums, you know, from Slipknot to, to the story so far and, and in between, just kind of seeing, you know, what elements are you pulling from where, and and uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. And then you said, just for the fun of it, you'll add Chief Keef, finally rich from 2012. I can't say I know anything about this artist, so why don't you uh, explain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's a he's a rapper from Chicago, and he like kind of came about around 2011, 2012, and at the time. This was like uh, eighth grade to freshman year for me, basically, time. Um, but prior to that, along with metal back then and like just, you know, heavy music, I really loved hip hop a lot. And my brother also showed me a lot of hip hop records. And like I would go I would basically go on the computer and just find all these bands and like, you know, old hip hop artists. And I was a huge fan of like the 90s stuff. I really liked like three, six mafia and like a lot of um, the Southern hip hop and stuff. So I, I like, I just had this huge hip hop background and also new metal is like super hip hop influence. So it kind of makes sense. But um, like that going up into there, I didn't really like too much of the hip hop of the two thousands that much. I, I didn't, it didn't really click with me, but when uh, chief Keith came around, he was like doing this, like really aggressive just like they call it drill but it's like just really aggressive hip-hop you know 
beats are like super fat and like just i love the beats a lot and they were just like really hard and had a lot of groove to them and like it was it was really just super heavy to me is how i would describe Ooh. it and like the rapping and the lyrics it's like it kind of coincides with heavy music to me because there's just a lot of aggression adrenaline and like kind of pump up you know um energy to all of that so it kind of there i feel like it's like siblings almost but um but like very different siblings but anyways, uh, this guy, Chief Keith came on the scene. So and he's from Chicago and I was growing up in the Chicagoland area and all of my friends like found out about him and like they were all listening to him. And then they showed me and we were like in eighth grade and we were listening to this guy and his like singles before finally Rich came out because he was just starting out. And I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. I love it. I like I want to listen to this all the time. And then finally uh, he dropped that finally Rich album. And that was just like huge for me. And then it was also huge for my whole group of friends. Like we loved it. And like, it was just substantial because it was just like a shift in hip hop for me. And I think it was a very big shift in hip hop for like the next 10 years to come. And uh, we just, we loved it. And it was like, it was like a nice experience for like all of us to like love this thing and like see it growing. But like that album, I just, I loved it, man. It was that, that heavy hip hop, like, you know, I, the the whole package i just i loved it and like uh, that was just like a, another huge impact on me musically and like just how i viewed it all and i i loved it man i just genuinely really loved it yeah no that, that's cool to hear how something like that can can have you know a similar type of influence as an actual heavy album and you know where, where it's beat driven especially as a drummer sometimes it's not necessarily about like the heavy guitars but just kind of the the weight that a beat can have. So that's, that's really yeah, cool. Like the heavy bass and whatnot. And also not to mention, I feel like if you're a drummer, I feel like you would, you would kind of naturally like hip hop because it's a drummer's genre. It's very rhythmic, uh, rhythmically orientated. Yeah. And I, I am a drummer actually. And I've never, I've just never super been into, into hip hop and rap. And, um, but again, it's more just, style wise like i just kind of find it too repetitive or it doesn't right, kind of yeah. give me something to grab onto but i mean it's a lot of it's just i never really kind of got into it so but yeah i, I can definitely see how that would would be uh good for for a drummer and, and fun to drum to if, if nothing else but yeah let's right. uh let's get into uh some music here so your new album aftermath uh what was the writing creative and recording process uh like for this album so um Basically, uh, we we set it up to go record in about like May, June time of 2020. And the pandemic hit in March, from what I remember. So that was like mid pandemic. But anyways, we've been touring and stuff. And leading up to that, um, I was personally uh, writing um, like a lot of demos, uh, getting ready for like the, the record, basically, and kind of it, it was just where I was like evolved and where I was at musically. Like I was trying to get new themes into the writing and like get this album to be like all basically everything I could ever want, like not caring about anything. And like uh, at the same time, uh, our guitarist Jason and I had been demoing like just a bunch of random demos for like a couple years already. Cause in that time we only uh, right before that released an EP and then, our first album was a little while before that. So it's like a pretty large chunk of time until we're getting into the second album. So me and him were just demoing stuff from like when we were in college in 2018 up until like we were basically going in. So we had like a bunch of material there and like Jason had stuff and Taz had some stuff. So like basically we were going in and we, we had like a pretty good amount of material and like we had the theme, we knew what was going to happen. Like I knew what I wanted to do with like this record, but we got in there uh, and we recorded, we were recording with Andrew Wade basically. Oh, nice. And yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. So we got in there and, you know, we showed him the demos kind of like talked about what we're trying to do. And it was really awesome. Cause he just, he clicked right away with us. Like it was like super easy and like he was listening to it and he was like able to click into what we were doing, like on a, on a dime. Like he's like, Oh, I know exactly what to do with you guys. And it like from the and we also got along really well right off the bat. So like it was just like this click into motion, like, oh, let's do this. And then it became like this whole like crazy collaborative process. And like 
it was so awesome because it was basically we were like the whole theme of the record is like we're just trying to do whatever we want to do like this is like a record where like didn't care and there was no boxes or boundaries we just wanted to make the music we wanted to make like have have us be like our favorite band or a band we wish could we could hear so we were just Mm. any all of our influences everything we're just dumping it all into it while trying to keep it all belmont at the same time but we just you know it was like musical freedom so we were in there and you know we had our demos but like we were like throw everyone was experimenting we were throwing in a bunch of different stuff like we would write a bunch on top of uh, already made songs and then we would like rewrite a bunch of stuff and like we were in there for like 6 to 7 weeks and like yes. you know every day monday through saturday like start at 9 and go like all the way until night and uh it was it was just awesome cuz it was like super collaborative Andrew Wade was like able to just tap in really well and all of his ideas were like awesome. And we were just like, it was just like a lot of, you know, uh, I don't know how to place it. Just a lot of creative freedom, I guess. Mm. And like, but also trying to still stay smart about it, you know? Um, but it was just super cool. We were just all trying to throw in everything. I was trying to like, just give it all. I got all the influences, anything. Like I just want this to be like a whole melting pot of uh of sound basically and and that was like the motto for everyone and i basically we were just having fun we were just having fun with it no pressure and just trying to make the coolest like freshest you know most different record we can make while maintaining being belmont and uh yeah so that that whole process was just like a lot of work a lot of just like giving it our all basically and then at the end of it, like we had all these songs, whole albums, like just turned into this whole different thing. And it was just like, you know, busting our ass on it. And we were just super happy with the product. And, uh, you know, we were, we were like really going, um, against the grain with time. Like we, you know, we needed to get stuff done, but we were like, no, let's see this and that. And like, we were really mm-hmm. trying to like push the envelope and it was really cool, man. It was, uh, definitely like, one of the one of the things i'm most proud of that we've done uh as a band like just that record and the whole process yeah it's awesome it sounds like there was a lot of cool different inspirations in there and just having that freedom and you know because i'm sure lots of bands you know go into a studio and it's just like all right we just kind of lay down the the songs we have and that's not a bad thing but when you have you know, the creative freedom and you have a producer who's really on board and, yeah. you know, just things are really kind of flowing, you know, because cause I think lots of times bands get to a studio and like there's even some writer's block or it's like, oh, is this really, you know, what we're really wanting to put out? And so it's, you know, there is that pressure because it's like, well, this is the time we're doing it. But, you know, when ideas are coming, like, that's that's great that you're able to, to be able to take that time. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. And again, Andrew Wade was a huge help in it. He was just, he was very tapped in and like, it was like, you know, just like another member of the band. Like he just, he he knew what we were trying to do. Yeah, that's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, man. It was a very freeing experience. Yeah. So somebody hears you guys for the first time with this album. Do you, do you have any specific hopes of what people will kind of walk away with after listening to this album? Um, what, I mean, I think what I mostly hope that people walk away with is to like, essentially just, I get not give a fuck to put it, you know, lightly or not lightly, just to not care and to just be free and like, listen to what you want to listen to and not be boxed into like, well, I only like, you know, this specific math rock shoegaze and, I, if I don't want anything else like tied with it, like it's just like throwing in all these things and like just hoping that like there's people from different areas of music taste that can like all come in and enjoy it basically. You know, if, like if it's a metalhead or someone who's more into hip hop or just, you know, the standard pop punk, like, you know, our OG fans basically, like just everyone can like take a piece of it and I hope they can walk away with um, just being inspired to do whatever they want, you know, like have no pressure and have no boundaries with like what you want to do or what you want to create. And it's also lyrically, it's a very honest record. Um, and 
you know, I think people will be able to relate to a lot of it. Uh, I think they'll be able to re resonate with a lot of it. It's like very real, like musically and lyrically super honest. And I just hope that also the, the whole album itself is um, the, every song is like pretty different, but it's like at the end of the day, it's still Belmont and it's still this whole cohesive thing, music and lyrically throughout, like it's a whole story but it's this whole crazy roller coaster, you know, you're taking dips, you're doing loops and stuff. And uh, I just hope, you know, they, people just come out with the idea of not caring and having fun and enjoying what you want to enjoy. Basically. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And saying that, like with having a, a bigger variety of sounds and dynamic in your music, how do you find the balance when coming up with parts and trying to see, you know, what may or may not fit into a song? Kind of what's that process like when you're trying to kind of do this big melting pot of of different ideas and themes? How do you kind of make that cohesive in your in your type of writing situation? Um, it's uh, it's funny because like another thing to go with that is that a lot of stuff, you know, is pretty subjective. You know, like one thing can sound like super cool to someone and then like to the other person, it's like, this is trash. What are you doing? So um, I think how we approach it is just like if whatever I'm doing, like I just add whatever to it and I'm like, oh, I have this idea. I'll just add it there. And it's same with everyone else. Just like, let's just add it. Let's just try it out. You know, like whatever it could be. I mean, like on one of the songs, you know, uh, Country Girl, which I uh, sent to you, um, you know, there's a banjo in it, you know, and I would never figure a banjo would make it into any of our band songs. And uh, it's just stuff like that. We just try it and go for it and like not care. And like a lot of times we like how it like comes out. But I think we have like a pretty good intuition when we're adding things um, or, you know, whatnot that if it's like, quote unquote, good or bad, like I think it's kind of like all of us, you know, are just like, maybe not this or yes, this. Um, but like, it kind of, it all just depends on like what like, every song is just like a trip on its own, you know, like it has like a certain vibe and certain feeling, certain like emotional thing going on. So you kind of mentally gravitate towards things that would fit that mold, but could be very different, but just stuff that would be like in the feeling of what that song is. Um, so yeah, it's basically just uh, like musical throw up, like throw in whatever you want and then see what works. Yeah. Well, and on that topic, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you guys clearly have lots of, uh, yeah, just different ideas and openness to, you know, kind of whatever is, is flowing. So I'm curious to hear on, on, you know, talking about collaborations, if there's anyone that you would like could see Belmont collaborating with, you know, whether within this kind of music scene or outside of the scene. And maybe you kind of already answered that with some of your earlier uh, influential albums, but is there any artist that you could kind of see yourself collaborating with, you know, to even further the sound of Belmont? Yeah. Um, honestly, there's a, a big one would be actually a lot of rappers. We would like to collaborate with like a lot of, there's, you know, um, cause we all kind of have like these same influences and we're kind of on the same page, but like, and probably like someone might say someone else, but it's like, you know, just specifically, we would like to really collaborate with the rapper, um, whether it be like more like the pop punk orientated hip hop thing that's going on right now, or just like straight, you know, hip hop, anything around that, um, anything around that realm. But honestly, if you name, any like top rapper that we like right now, we'll, we would be down. We're kind of down for anything. Um, and if it's not that, then we would probably want to collaborate with maybe like a electronic music producer, like not necessarily like EDM, but like anything with like weird, like, you know, avant-garde, like electronic music or like a EDM artist. Um, just something that would like take us into this like realm that maybe we can't take ourselves in. Mm. And uh, yeah, we, we would honestly be like open to like a lot of collaborations or we would like to also just collaborate maybe with someone like, uh, 
let's say, I don't know, maybe like Polyphia because we like just really technical stuff and like, you know, they kind of have a lot of that, a lot of like the same ideas I feel like and I feel like it'd be cool to do some like really technical crazy thing with them or like a more proggy band. Like, honestly, the we would be very down for a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like you got, you know, lots of potential or ideas for even you know what could come for the next album or something so that's that's sweet that you're already that that far because it makes you know something that might seem like a stretch not be that much of a stretch for you guys right yeah yeah, yeah so sorry go ahead i was gonna say yeah let's let's talk about uh, these two songs that you sent from the new album um so these are two that you kind of said maybe best represent the band but you also said you know uh, that each song kind of has its own thing going on. So, yeah, the first one is called Fully Sent. I believe this is the opening track on the album. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm big on opening tracks. I, I always anticipate them and, and, uh, yeah, this song has, has a lot going on in it. And, you know, when I listened to it earlier today, it was like, okay, this is, you know, maybe a bit different direction than I expected. But now that you've explained so many of these things, it's like, oh, that, that makes sense. And I'm excited to go back and, and listen to it again. So that's why I love getting insight into things because it helps, you know, a listener be able to enjoy it even more. So, yeah, why don't you uh, share about Fully Sent, kind of maybe how the song came together and uh, why it stands out to you. 
Yeah, um, that song, I just, I, I chose that one. So like I said earlier, like it's really hard to pinpoint like two songs that are going to explain the whole record. Yeah, yeah, there, for sure. There's just so much going on in it. Um, but this one, I felt like uh, it was like a, a really good culmination of like, or, you know, combination of all the sounds that are going on in the record, like all the influences, but also was a good mix between this new record and like the older Belmont stuff, like the older Belmont ideas, like kind of best of both worlds a little bit. And also best of both, you know, best of each world within the record itself. Um, so I thought it was just like a good giant culmination of all that um, musically and also lyrically, like in the melodies and everything. Like I just, you know, I thought it, it was like a good mix of all that and like kind of something that uh, maybe like an old Belmont listener can come in and like hear that this is completely different almost, but he's like, this is, this is the Belmont. I still know a little bit. Mm. So, um, so anyways, yeah, the, how that song came about, I, I demoed most of that song out instrumentally um, before going into the studio. And then we went into the studio and kind of built around it a little bit, but it was almost kind of like fully done a little bit, but some flavors and spices got added. Some things got reworked. And then uh, Taz came in and like did lyrics and melodies for all of it vocally and just kind of, it like came together. It was like a super quick one to do. And uh, we like, we got through it and made it happen. And like, it's just, it turned out really cool. It felt like it was just this good mix of everything going on. Um, and yeah, that's basically how that song came about. And uh, see, I feel like I'm forgetting something about it. What was the decision to, to put that as the opening track? Kind of like what you said, how it, you know, it brings in the, you know, the old or the, maybe not this is the old, but kind of the OG fans of the band, but also brings in some new flavors and things like that. Yes, exactly. Um, and like, you know, the, you know, it's like one of those, it felt like an opening song It has the energy there for like opening a record. And like you said, it's like that culmination of, you know, everything that's going on in this new record and also the culmination of this new record versus all of our older material and like just kind of trying to come into one. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, and the, the second one is called Country Girl.
so uh this one is uh this one is a trip um it's basically like a country song belmontified um and like i said earlier like it's like i wouldn't say it's to represent like the whole like the whole sound of the record because it's the one song on the record that sounds like that but i thought it was like a perfect representation of our mindset in um in like recording the whole record because like uh taz brought in like this this like riff and like this kind of like idea of a chorus and it was like this whole country thing going on he's like i just want to try this country thing and he was like oh i think this is going to be stupid to show the rest of the guys and uh we like showed it when we were like doing it was like right in the beginning we were like showing andrew like our demos and stuff and talking about everything and taz whipped it out and andrew actually is a huge uh country and folk guy he okay. loves stuff. and then he was like let's do something with this let's try to let's try to do this and then we were all like okay let's do it and um and basically it's just like we like all like had this super cool like collaborative experience on that and there was like another thing where we just everyone was throwing in ideas and like andrew was throwing in like these crazy ideas and we were like making this country song and like it was it was like something we would never expect to do or were anticipating doing at all but like it was a lot of fun and we were just throwing in all the like all the stuff we could think about and then at the end of the at the end of it um taz had written like you know the basis of the song but um but then we like worked that and like tried to make it like country country like country lyrics and tried to make it like uh this belmont country song basically and we were just having fun and we were like it kind of at the time felt like a joke like we were just like this will be like our joke song but then like it was like oh this is really cool like this will be like we're gonna do this you know and we're just not you know we don't care we're gonna make this happen we're gonna make this country belmont song happen so i it was super fun to do and uh yeah i just thought it, it really represented um basically the the whole essence of not caring and doing whatever we wanted to do on the record even though that's like the one song on the record that sounds like that yeah yeah it's definitely a unique kind of mishmash of sounds like when i was listening to it i don't know a lot of country but i was listening i was like is this like a cover song or is this like sampled from something and i was trying going back and forth and i was like this i mean it's definitely not what i expected but i guess with a title like country girl maybe maybe i should have expected it but yeah again you know like it's such a cool thing to be able to to take an idea that seems so out of the box and now it's on an album right and so you know whether it's just for you guys or you know whether the fans you know respond to it differently or not i mean it is what it is and it was worth you know pursuing doing something new and do you find with songs like this or just even these types of ideas of like kind of really going outside of the box, you know, how do you kind of push yourselves as a band with that? You know, do you feel like you're wrestling going back and forth of like, this might be too much or should this be left out? Or is this really going to help the song stand out? Like, how do you find that line of, you know, like you said, like, okay, this is a joke song. Actually, you know, the song turned out really good and it's right. Like it's such a funny line there. It's like, on one end, it's like, okay, we're just doing this for fun. And it's like, oh, now this is on the album, you know, for the whole yeah. world to hear. Right, right, right. And, yeah, we definitely, I mean, it's not like we go in and, like, everything is perfect. Like, it's like a yes festival. Like, everyone's like, yes, that, that, your idea, that, your idea. You know, like, just like, oh, yes to everything. Like, we definitely always are, like, discussing, uh, like, and not butting heads, but it's just, like, natural discussion, disagreements, agreements on other things. And like, it's a constant, like, is this too much? Is this too little? You know, stuff like that. Like, is this going to, like you said, is this going to help the song and whatnot? And um, I think at the end of the day, it's like that intuition thing that I brought up earlier. Like, we will just, we will just kind of know, like, all of us will be kind of at the same space where we know, like, okay, this is, this is good. Or on the other hand, like, all of us will be like, this is bad. And then in between is like, some people think this is good. Some people think this is bad, but then that kind of gets worked out and we find a medium. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of that inner intuition that all of us share. And like, we'll just, we'll just know basically. Yeah. Well, that's part or of, Andrew, or on the other hand, Andrew might be like, this fucking sucks. 
<laughs> so let's not do this. So that's another thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's part of the risk with music is like it. You really have no idea what's going to stick and what isn't. And I was just watching a, a video of of these guys um, putting all the Blink One Eighty Two albums in tears, and they were talking about the Untitled album and just like the one guy was just saying how he just hated it because it was so different and. You know, he just liked the classic Blink sound, and another guy really loved it and was talking about how it kind of influenced a whole new group of, of kind of pop-punk bands to kind of, you know, do darker, more like emo-style stuff. And and so it's one of those things, you know, I'm just always intrigued, whether I like the album or not, I'm intrigued by the idea of how it can go one way or the other, right? Like, for better or for worse, there's going to be people on both sides regardless, but you really have no idea when you take a risk kind of what's going to happen i guess that's why it's called a risk but there's something exciting about it and maybe terrifying as well (laughs) yeah and and that's also uh that's just also to say uh when we're doing this like i said like it's for it's for us and we're trying to do whatever we want to do but we don't know if everyone's gonna like it we don't know what's the thing we just kind of you know let Jesus take the wheel a little bit and like uh, hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially when you take, uh, I'm not sure if you're into Turnstile at all, but. Oh, we um, love Turnstile. Turnstile is a huge band we love. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like their newest album, you know, they definitely kind of took a bit of a shift in sound from the previous ones. And, you know, even for myself, it took a little while to warm up to it. And even still, like at times, it's like, ah, it's, it's, it's just not quite what, you know, what I'm, what I was hoping for. But again, right. I mean, it was on all sorts of, you know, top 10 lists, even some number ones. And, and so you just, you really never know like what is going to really impact people. And I think people are ready for something new at this point too. And so that's a, it's a great opportunity just to put something out there and see what happens. Totally. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're, we're just like, kind of okay with whatever happens whatever happens happens we're just trying to make something fresh and different and new and like i could definitely see like a like a original belmont fan found us in 2016 and like heard that stuff i could definitely imagine them listening to this new record and possibly being like uh like what happened to you guys you know something like that you know we try not to lose that integrity of what we are before that like we wanted to just mix all together nicely but you know, there's that risk too. And then maybe they'll warm up to it as well, but we're, you know, we're evolving and we're, we're doing the thing we want to do. Yeah, no, that's, that's what you got to do as, as a creative artist. So yeah, to kind of wrap things up here, what's, what are you kind of hoping to accomplish in the coming year? Uh, Any plans you want to share tours, obviously the album's coming out, anything else that you want people to uh, to check out here in the coming uh, weeks and months? Um, well, I, First of all, just hope that everyone gives the record a chance. Just give it a listen, share it to a friend, see what they think. That's my biggest thing. Just give it a chance. Just yeah. uh, I would like, I would love for it to just be plastered in front of everyone's face and just be like, try this record out, see what you think. Um, and I hope people enjoy it. I hope people, you know, come out to the tour and like just. I hope that the, basically what I'm hoping for is that this can be shared as much as possible i just you know whether people love it or hate it or are indifferent to it i just hope that as many people as possible can listen to this record and give it a chance basically um and i'm hoping to have as many new ears as possible as many listeners just we want to be you know touring as much as we can we want to be serving our fans and like doing the whole thing and just hoping for the best, you know, like the biggest thing is that we want all, as many ears as we can to get into the music. And we just hope that people enjoy it, you know, inspires them, makes them happy. Um, yeah. I'm just looking forward to the release, looking forward to the year touring, getting out there um, and just seeing what happens, you know, because we don't know what will happen. Just, it's part of the experience. It's yeah. part of the, the, the whole trip. Yeah, awesome. Well, Brian, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk and share. I, this already makes me that much more excited to listen to the album and even to go back to these songs. And and uh, that's why I love doing this because I'm the kind of listener that sometimes I need that insight to, um, you know, I can kind of get stuck in just kind of listening to what I listen to and and maybe not being as open as, as I could or should be. And so anytime I get insight 
you know, whether it's like a music documentary or talking with someone about, you know, the person who's created the music, it's like, okay, now I have this whole other appreciation and I'm going to go back and, and get a, you know, have a, have a new set of ears for it. So thanks for your, your openness and willingness to, uh, to share about, uh, the music today. Yeah, no worries, man. Thank you very much for having me on here. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Look forward to uh, seeing what, uh, what the future has for Belmont. Yes, crossing my fingers. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it.